What are we waiting for? It's out of here! Kick is away. And the kick is... It's good! He's in, baby! We are going, baby! Oh, my God! Deep to right field! Way up there! And way out of here! Two, one. What's going on, guys? Got another edition of the Connor and Mark Show alongside Mark Rogers. I'm Connor Gay, bringing another edition. As the Eagles are entering into the bye week, uh, recording this Saturday before, what would this be, week um, week nine in the NFL season? Mm-hmm. Week nine in the NFL season, the Eagles do have a bye this week as uh, they're going to have a week um, to take, you know, to take a step back after, you know, a huge Sunday night football win against the Dallas Cowboys and now are, um, you know, steadfast and looking forward to the New York football giants as they return week 10 on the road. Um, we're going to be going over some news as the Eagles did have a uh, confirmed COVID case uh, with Mark Epps that happened, I believe, yesterday or today. I believe it was yesterday he got confirmed yes. tested. Yesterday or Thursday. Probably. Yeah, it was. It, it, uh, so, yeah, Mark Epps, um, or Mike Epps, whatever it is, but uh He's going to be on the COVID list. I don't know if anybody else um, was in contact, but I believe every test that came back for the, uh, for the Eagles came back negative. So the Eagles do go into the bye week, um, you know, pretty healthy as they they did beat the Cowboys by a good amount, but it was really just, a, you know, a messy game, but they found a way to, you know, come out of it. But, uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, It's been a little while. I know last Thursday we had – uh, Al Morgani on, which was a huge interview and, and a great one. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. We're just diving into this Eagles bye week, like you said. Going to preview some college football tonight. Again, recording this on uh, Saturday, November the 7th. So uh, the two big games that we're probably going to look at tonight, Oregon and Stanford. Um, Stanford is at Oregon, and uh, Oregon is a pretty big favorite, not only to win the game, but to win the Pac-12 as well. So that's going to be cool to dive into. New quarterback there is, you know, Herbert's tearing it up at, uh, you know, the Chargers. And then the biggest one of all, which I'm super excited for, uh, Clemson in South Bend against Notre Dame. Uh, I think Notre Dame has a chance to pull this off. But, um, yeah, man, I'm excited to dive into it and um, talk a little Eagles heading into this huge matchup in Week 10 that they must win from every game from here on is, is a must win. Well, yeah, it's it's the Eagles are it looks like they're in the front. Um, you know, they're heading steadfast to, you know, they look like the favorites for the NFC East. Obviously, it's a really messy division. The Cowboys look like they're done. It's over. Um, for them, obviously, it's gonna be a rough year for them. But uh, really, that and and the Giants obviously are, you know, not that great of a team. So it looks like it's gonna be a battle. Not really that a lot of people expected between the Eagles and the uh, Washington football team. Um, you know, they do have some nice players in their team, but really that they're not, you know, that great of a football team either as well. So yeah, we'll go into that. We'll also dive into week nine games as well, going into some matchups that we like. And, and obviously there's, you know, the giants and Washington play each other, which is a big game. And Dallas is going to play Pittsburgh. Um, and Ben DiNucci, obviously we played against the Eagles will not be playing for them week nine. It looks like, I think it's gonna be Cooper rush and, Garrett Gilbert is it? Garrett name? Gilbert and yeah. I, I think I saw today that Gilbert's expected to start Gilbert's over to Cooper start. Rush. Okay. So, because I, I imagine that would be him because he was the last 
quarterback on the active roster. He was backing up um, Ben DiNucci Sunday night as well. So I think so, yeah. But I think Rush was on the team last year, so it was an was. interesting decision. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I think they probably won Gilbert because even though last year Cooper Rush was on the team, it was, with, it was Jason Garrett and not Mike McCarthy. But it's true. Um, yeah, let's we'll go over just first with the Cowboys-Eagles game. It was a messy game. Wentz um, did not play well. He had a lot of turnover problems. Uh, the defense obviously showed up, um, you know, even with a, a really bad quarterback play and, and a lackluster offensive line for the Cowboys and uninterested playmakers who really just knew that they couldn't really get the ball, you know, in, in from Ben Dunucci really. So they had to throw a lot of gadget, you know, plays in there and see if they can get anything going. But it was just not enough as the, the Eagles, I think it was 23-9 they defeated them. So, mm-hmm. um it, you, if you would have watched that game, it didn't look good. It was really going to be twenty three nine. That's a big, you know, win. But it's, uh, it was just, you know, the offense was not good for the Eagles. Um, Carson just made a lot of bonehead plays where sometimes he he makes a play. It's like, wow, it's a great throw. Next time he makes a horrible play, you know, he fumbles the ball. The first drive he fumbled the ball, is, you, know, you should have threw it away. And and um, you know, the interception to uh, uh, which was intended to high tower deep down the middle of the field was a bad throw, and it was really just. You know, disappointing to see because I thought the previous two games by Carson were you know pretty good. Even though that, um, you know, the, even though the team didn't look great, he wasn't really the issue with you know the previous two to three games. But it's just surprising that uh, it was that bad of a game. Yeah, it was, and and kind of built off your point there. Um, you know, he looked really good, obviously down the stretch against the Giants. But again, starting the game and and playing a full sixty minute game. Um, looks like he's just not really capable of <clears throat> so far this year. I don't want to dive too deep into it, but you go week by week, and, and you know, there's so many plays you can pull out that you're like, man, spectacular plays. He's an elite quarterback in this league. And then there's other plays, like the one you're alluding to in the Dallas game, where he just gets pumped because he holds on to the ball for too long or he tries to make a play that's just really not there when he can get rid of it. Um, and, and that's what's really frustrating. I mean, he looked a little shaky in the Giants game in the first half, and then second half he turned it on. He couldn't really find a rhythm here. Um, and, and I think the turnovers were the biggest thing that, um, you know, stuck out in this game. And, and, you know, I even remember thinking in the third quarter, like, geez, are the Eagles even going to pull this one out? It was looking a little scary at one point. So, um, you know, I think I think Wentz, and it's hard. Um you know, I'm not trying to defend him here, but it is hard to trust your receivers, if you will. Um, you know, when he's he's switching in with, you know, guys every week like he was in the beginning of the season. But I hope if this season goes on, I think Fulgham's going to be a go-to guy. If Reger can stay healthy, he's going to be a go-to guy. So if he can build some continuity with, with some of these guys that hopefully are here for the long term, um, you know, he can turn it around and, and you know, find some rhythm but it looks like there's just not a rhythm. There's not a consistency there that Wentz, um, you know, needs to play at a, at this point in his career. He's not a he's not a rookie. He's not a third year anymore. Um, he needs to to put the pedal to the metal and and um, you know I do want to ask you a, a question, Connor, and kind of pose this to you. Do you think that Wentz possibly makes some of these bonehead plays because he knows he's just not going to get benched? I wouldn't say that. 
No, I think the mentality of why he makes those plays because he thinks in his mind that he can make every single play and that he's a playmaker and he's a gunslinger and he just feels like he doesn't want to throw the ball away. And that mindset sometimes is cool because he'll make an amazing play and he makes something out of nothing. But another time he just makes bonehead plays and, and just thinks that, um, you know, thinks that, you know, every, any play that breaks down that he'll just make something happen, make something magical happen and, and the chains will keep on moving. But the problem is, like, if that's the mindset, and I'm not saying that that's true or not, but if the mindset is I'm not going to get benched, like, what do you mean you won't get benched? They drafted a guy in the second round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, well, they could easily replace you if you're really stinking up the, you know, joint that bad. So I, I don't think that's the mindset. The mindset is, is Carson has a unique playmaking ability and he can make something out of nothing and he thinks they can make any play something out of nothing. It's really bitten him behind this year more so than ever because the turnovers have been such a huge issue for Wentz this year. But I don't know. It's He's going to have to clean this up. Um, the excuse of weapons was valid in Pittsburgh. It was valid against Baltimore. It wasn't valid, I think, Sunday night because, one, that was a horrible defense. Two, you had Jalen Rager back, you know, Dallas Goddard back. He did not target him that much. I don't he know. only targeted Goddard twice. Yeah, like you got you got to, you got to go after him. The three guys you have to go after the most are Dallas Goddard, Travis Fulgham, and Jalen Rager. Those are the three. And then, obviously, Greg Ward's a nice slot guy that you can rely on on some nice intermediate routes in the middle of the field. Um, and, obviously, hopefully when Sanders comes back, he's a playmaker at the backfield that you can make and rely on on the running game as well. So, even though Boston's guy hasn't been too horrible, he actually played pretty well against the Cowboys. He was getting a lot of big run plays. But, um, yeah, it's just there was no excuse for Sunday night. I thought that he just made some bad throws. It was really windy, too. So, but it, the, the throw down for the John Hightower, that was intercepted, was a bad throw to throw to the end zone where Jalen Rager was double covered. And, and I think it was Diggs, he made that really nice interception in the corner. Mm-hmm. was a horrible throw as well. Um, the fumble, the first fumble was horrible when he rolled out to the left. And uh, I don't know. He, I was screaming at the TV. I, I know. It was, I don't know what he was thinking. At that point, like, listen, you don't have to play. Just throw, there you have to throw the ball away. Because you're not, you're not even I don't know what he was thinking. No one's even yeah. no one's on that side of the field. Too, I, right? I was just about to say I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. they were they were saying that that you know when they zoomed out on the play, the entire play was going right, and he was rolling to his left. So yeah, if there's no one even on the side of the field. That's a play where you have to you, throw it away. Yeah, because you're not you don't throw across field ever. I mean that's just you know that's always going to lead to something not good. So also the second fumble I believe was a fourth down play call, and they went for it. Um, and he had two guys open. He had it was like Ward in the slot, and he stops there right in the middle, and he's mm-hmm. flat-footed because it's a, I think it's some type of zone blitz, and he stays there flat-footed, and he's wide open. He doesn't throw it to him. Also, he has Jalen Baker on a drag route going from his right to his left, and he was wide open too, and he missed him, and then he stri- strips sacks and fumbles it. So yeah, he didn't have a lot of time there. And, and again, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think part of it is is sometimes the play calling. I don't know if Carson really. Uh, if the game plan is fully devised for how mobile Carson wants to be. But again, he, he's got to play his cards right in the sense of being mobile and, and when he should kind of stick in the pocket and throw. I know he's not a great pocket passer. He's better on the move. But, you know, some plays where, you you know, you just alluded to with Greg Ward, great, you know, little, little um you know, slant or a little route just underneath something small that can maybe turn into a, a five ten yard gain um you know maybe he should start doing that and, and some plays should be devised to kind of move the ball up the field in smaller chunks rather than these deep throws to john hightower which speaking of john hightower i don't think he has the route running ability at this point in time no, no. to catch some of those balls that that you know wentz throws 
And I think it, it in, a, in a sense, I think Wentz kind of looks at Hightower as a, a Deshaun Jackson because, I mean, I know we haven't gotten a lot of uh, glimpses of Deshaun Jackson in the past two years with injuries, but it kind of looked like that, that one route they ran against Washington last year, if you remember. And it looks like a lot of those deep routes to Hightower, he's just not really getting the hang of quite yet. He just doesn't have the ability. So um, I think it's a culmination of a lot of things. A lot of people want to get on Wentz, and, and, you know, I will totally agree. It was a pretty bad performance for a defense ranked in the bottom three of the league in pass and run. Um, You know, I think he should have thrown for more than, I believe, 147 yards. I think that should have been a stat stat pattern that night, about 3, 350. Um, but he's got to clean it up. I mean, this Giants game is is no easy game, and it's no laydown. Um, Eagles have to go in there and, and take command because, you know, Washington wins this week, and it gets closer in the division. It gets tighter. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, Washington play uh, the Giants, and I think Washington's going to win. Yeah, I, I think Washington's going to win too. They, you know, they got, I don't know, the Giants are – they play hard, so I'll give them that. But they are uh, you know, lagged out of talent, and you know, Damian Jones is having a turnover. turnover yeah. yeah, he's having turnover problems, just like Wentz has had turnover problems this year. So worse. it's just, it's like worse, dude. He's yeah. so bad. Yeah, it's. I mean, it sucks that obviously Saquon Barkley got hurt for him, but it's just, it's bad, and and uh, I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of bad in the NFC. So really, it's just whoever the, the team, the best team it can be, and and also obviously the trade deadline pass for the Eagles. And they didn't really make a move. I'm not surprised they didn't make a move. I'd say at this point, there's not really a lot for you to sell, and there's no reason for you to buy at this point. So we'll see. I, I think well, that what Ertz and Deshaun would have been. Uh, well, they would have been. Yeah, obviously, if they weren't hurt, they would have been um, interesting. You know, players that you could have thought about moving, but uh, with both of them on the IR, it was just, uh, just you know, not going to happen. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens on you know in the future. Obviously, a lot of you know players will be coming back. For the second run or second half run for the Eagles, um, you know, hopefully Zach Ertz, when he gets back healthy, he can hopefully return to a normal self. Because um, I think obviously Carson Wentz could really use a playmaker like that in the middle of the field as well, along with Goddard. Um, obviously, Miles Sanders is the biggest one. They could really use you know him back too. Explosive, it's, it's explosive playmaker, and he's he's having pretty, when he's on the field, he's pretty good. So he's had a pretty good year this year when he's been healthy. So yeah, let's, hopefully Sanders and Ertz come back, and hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's going to be a pretty big Giants, you know, Eagles matchup as well. I agree, I agree. And, um, you know, last point on the Eagles here, going to the Giants, um, it's going to just be another big game for Wentz. And, and I think this is another opportunity. And, again, it's not an easy opportunity, but it's a little easier to kind of get a rhythm going and, and establish some consistency because, you know, after the Eagles play the Giants here and they've had a, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to say – easy schedule because division games are never easy, um, but definitely a, a much easier schedule than they're about to endure as upcoming after this week. They are at the Browns. Then they have the Seahawks coming here. Um, then they go to Lambeau, which is just going to be a tough game in itself. Then they play the Saints at home, and then they go to Arizona, and then they go to Dallas, and then they have Washington. So, the, the remaining games here, um, the remaining, what is it, eight games they have left, um, you know, they got to take at least five of these, and and they need to go into the playoffs, um, you know, 
surging and and have some rhythm here or they're going to get bounced first round. And I know it sounds crazy that they got to win five of these games, but realistically, I mean, if you go to the playoffs, you're going to see teams like the Seahawks and and Packers and Saints and Cardinals. So those are all playoff caliber teams. I think it's a great test for the Eagles, and and, uh, I'm excited to see how they do here down the stretch while they hopefully get some guys back healthy. So. Um, that's that's it for me on the Eagles points. Yeah, really. Uh, there's not much to talk about, obviously. With the, we'll, we'll move the Giants-Eagles uh, talking points in next week and try and dive into that. But if you want to talk about a little, uh, little uh, you know, Week 9 NFL matchup tomorrow, um, you know, there's pretty good games going on. What I want to pull it up, obviously, the uh, Giants and Washington will be playing each other. I'll be a huge division matchup to see where, you know, Washington stands, if they can, um, you know, push themselves ahead of... Uh, you know, really ahead of the pack and really just leading the Eagles in Washington. You could say something happened. Yeah, no, no, I, I thought you were dominant in this segment. So I was about to, like, ask who I took last week, and I just remembered who I took, and it was a big, big comeback win. Oh, but yeah. you can go. Well, we can, I mean, no, we can go in this segment if you want to do it. All right, so right, uh, Marshall takes, diving back into it. Uh, you going to hit that button, Connor? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 3-4 and four right now. And last week, I took the Broncos over the Chargers. And I know it was only a three-and-a-half-point spread. It I didn't watch lot. the game, but I was following it. Oh, my God, dude. I watched it. It was insane on Red Zone. the Chargers not being able to finish one game? It's incredible. Them and the Falcons are just snake-bitting. I just, I just knew. Um, you just obviously knew that. I just got out of the wire. KJ Hamler, Penn Stater. KJ Hamler, my man. At least they got some pride in Penn State right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're getting their butts kicked right now by Maryland. But um, three-and-four on Mart's hot takes. Last week, like I said, I took the Broncos over the Chargers. It was a three-and-a-half-point underdog for the Broncos. So, you know, like I said, I thought the, the Broncos at home, underdogs, um, you know, Chargers were very good on offense, but a little lackluster on the defensive end. Um, and it showed as the Broncos uh, came back, and it looks like they scored um, – Pulling it up here right now. They scored a touchdown with no time remaining on the clock due to a pass interference penalty. So, you know what? I guess I got one back because remember the Rams-Bills game back in week three, I think? And I took the Rams over the Bills because the Rams were were underdogs. Mm -hmm. And then the Rams got beat on a last-second P.I. call, and then they, like, throw it in to win. So, I guess I got, got, you know, got one back there, a little reciprocal, uh, reciprocity effect. Can't even talk. Um, that's that's a term from Com Two Nineteen right there. Oh yeah! Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out Roger Gadget. Um, so, <laughs> oh, how you remember that, dude? Gadget was a man. So uh, I took took Broncos over Chargers brings me to three and four, and I have an interesting take this week heading into Week uh, Nine here of the NFL season. I was taking a look here. I was between the Jaguars and the Texans. Both are coming off by, so I think I'm going to stick with the Texans there. But an interesting game. Uh, you know, a lot has surrounded this team, the ba- the Bears, in their quarterback situation. However, I really like this game because it's a, it's a matchup of a really offensive firepower player in uh, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, those playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, and then you got Bears D. And I think they looked pretty good last week against the Saints. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's really hard, obviously, to contain a guy like Alvin Kamara just because he's so speedy and, and you know, agile um, and stealthy. However, I think 
Henry's going to pose a better um, threat to them, if you will. Um, you know, just just in the way of how he plays and how he runs, he's a bigger guy. So they have some big guys um, in the linebacking core with Rokon Smith, Danny Trevathan, um, and and obviously edge rusher in in um, Khalil Mack. So I'm going to go Bears over Titans this week. Um, Titans are home, so. Um, I think that's a pretty hot take. Um, I'm interested to see how Foles does. And I'm going to go Bears 14-13 uh, over the Titans. I think it's going to be low scoring. And I think the defense for the Bears is going to come up big. You're picking the Titans. And the Titans, that was a shocking one. The Bengals that went in there and, you know, they, they were, it was at home. It was in Cincinnati. But they really, like, it was not close at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That game close. was really. Joe Burrow looks pretty good, man. He's, he's a good player. So. Joe Burrow does look real good. So, I like it. I know. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, so what do you want to do? You want to do buy or sell? Yeah, we'll do a little buy or sell. All right, let's do it. And I'll do a little special one, so. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That was a little loud. Scary. Dang. Yeah, well, these, these buy or sells are about to be a little I, scary. I know. So. All right, so uh, like I said, we're going to do some college football after this. But I'm going to start off with the NFL, Connor, and some interesting games tomorrow. Um, none more interesting in the regards to the NFC East. I think you already answered this. However, I do just want to get your take on this. Washington at home, minus two and a half, buy or sell that they will cover and win. Yeah, I'll buy. I, I just think that Washington's you know the defensive front is so dominant. And, um, you know, there's right now the ball coach. Ron Rivera's a really good coach, and we didn't, they didn't think that, you know, they're still over. Are they like 2-5 and five right now? I think they're 2-5. and five. They are 2-5. and five. Yeah, they're, they're still not a good football team, really. So, I mean, I mean, theoretically speaking, the Giants could go in there and beat them because mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't have a great secondary, and they, they have Terry McLaurin on the offense, you know, the offense, but, um, you know, they have a bunch of, like, no names in the backfield, and, and Haskins got Ben for Allen. So, like, really it's still a mess down there in Washington, so... I still think Washington wins just because I like that D front. They have a lot of talent up there, but um, but you know, Giants. Sorry, the Giants could go in there and uh, and and beat them, but I'm gonna still go Washington buys so that they they cover and and win. All right, Connor. So buy or sell? Huge Sunday night matchup. We have the Saints at the yeah. Buccaneers. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. I believe Brady passed Drew Brees. Yeah, they're going back and forth. Like they're five sixty one to five sixty. So my question is, buy or sell? That Tom Brady has more touchdown passes on Sunday night than Drew Brees. It's in Tampa Bay as well. I'm gonna say bye. I think that I'm. I think Godwin's supposed to play. Mike Evans healthy. Rob Gronkowski in that Brady combo is, is getting better and better every week. Um, hey, B. Yeah, I know. He's in the mix. And, and, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Antonio Brown's gonna be in the mix now. Which is just you know crazy. This this team is, has so much firepower offensively in the defense. Um, it's pretty good. They got some players on there too. I like Levante David. Um, I like that safety they got out of Minnesota. That rookie that they drafted. Uh, I forget his name. Slips on top of my head. But who's this for? Uh, oh, Tim Bay. Tampa that, Bay. Yeah, um, Winfield. It. Yeah, he's a good player. And uh, you know they got JPP and and Dom Sue. So. Um, they got talent Shaq, on that. De- Shaq Barrett's Shaq, good. Yeah, Shaq Barrett's a good player. They got a lot of guys on that defense. So really, I think they're probably the most well-rounded out team in the NFC. Uh, I think going forward, they probably are the favorite just because um, you know Brady's just playing. It's still at such a high level, and it's so impressive to see him at this point of, of his age and his career that he's still playing at such a you know high level. And obviously, we're seeing what's happening in New England. It's really bad there. So. Brady, even with obviously, has a lot more weapons than he did last year, and he's a lot. And he probably has the most weapons in the NFL, really. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I think that Brady probably throws for about four touchdown passes. Oh, I'll say three touchdown passes for Brady. I say Breeze gets two. Yeah, I, like I think that. I'm just being optimistic about Breeze. Dude, Breeze has really struggled this year. I think he's not been himself, and you can see that his his play and his you know his trajectory is starting to drop a little bit oh, faster. Yeah. So I'm gonna say Brady surpasses Breeze in touchdown passes on Sunday night. All right, perfect. Yes. So Connor buying the first two. All right, Connor. So interesting story here by yourself for this week developing. <clears throat> Obviously, Tua Tagovailoa got his first uh, start last week. He did yeah uh, against the Rams. He got a win. Uh, interesting question now surrounding the Dolphins. Since the Dolphins have the Texans' first-round pick, most likely will be in the top, I would say, seven. And a lot of reports came out this week that the Dolphins are supposedly auditioning Tua to see if he's their quarterback of the future. Yeah. And they, you know, people are skeptical if they get that Texans pick. It's high up. Will they take a new quarterback with that? So my question is, Connor, buy or sell that the Dolphins are auditioning auditioning Tua, or is he the uh, the quarterback of the future? I think that they are auditioning him. I just don't think they're going to get a high enough pick to take a quarterback that's better than him as a prospect. So I think Trevor Lawrence is a better prospect. They, I don't think the Houston's going to be the worst team in the league. I think the Jets have that wrapped up. And the number two pick will probably be Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields going for oh, That's a tough question. I don't know. They're like neck and neck, but... I still don't think they get the second pick, and I think whoever is that second pick will probably take him or somebody will trade up. But I, I think that too is I think you know they spent a high pick on him last year. I think they might as well just go, you know, somewhere else a different route. They really have a lot of talent, and you can definitely get a high type of player who can come in and make a huge immediate impact right away. So I, I I'm, I'm gonna say that yes, they are. I buy that they're inditioning him right now, but I, I still think he's the the quarterback for the future for Miami. All right, perfect. So. Bye 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 on the first three. I'm buying yes. I think you're. I think you're gonna sell this one. I'm gonna buy this one. However, all right. So transitioning into our next topic. However, we're gonna wrap up on this question. Buy or sell that Notre Dame pulls off the upset tonight. Yeah, I'm selling Clemson. <laughs> I'm selling. I think Clemson wins. He's by, see, you're in on. What's his name? Plays Notre Dame quarterback. Ian Bull. Yeah, I don't like him. Bye Bullock. bye bye. Every time I see him, I just don't think he's that great. But. <laughs> They, listen, they have a good team. Um, you know, I, I think that this is going to be obviously the toughest matchup for Clemson uh, all all year in the ACC. I, I think Miami is – I think Miami was – the last time I checked, they were currently losing that last night. They were playing NC State. Did yeah, they, end up they ended up winning. Coming oh, back and winning. Win. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I think that – I think it's actually going to be a pretty close game. And, I did, and it is true that I was watching last week. It was a little scary seeing how – you know, Boston Scott, uh, Boston College was really dominating them in the mm-hmm. first half, so it's definitely doable. I'm not saying it's no chance of happening. I'll probably say 25 to 30 percent chance of happening. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, Notre Dame has enough talent just to keep up. That's the thing. Is like, it, it, it's a thing with the NFL, different to college. Like, if you if your quarterback gets hurt in the NFL, like you're you're screwed. Like you, your backup's not going to be good enough or talented enough. Like they literally just put Clemson just put a five star quarterback in there. Mm-hmm. And he's good, and he's big, and he's talented. He's athletic. He has a big arm. So he's, he's a freshman. Yeah, he's a freshman, <laughs> and he's killing it. Like he's he, he put he he wasn't the, really the big issue that they were losing in the first half. Their defense wasn't playing well. So and obviously they made a fumble at the goal line, which swung things. So really, it got really messy up front. But they they came back and they, and they won. So and I don't think it was close either. I think they came back and they won by like a possession or two. So mm-hmm. so um yeah, I, I I don't see Notre Dame, you know, defeating Clemson tonight. 
Um, but I hope it's a close game. I want to see Clemson in a close game, see how they react. It's a shame that Trevor Lawrence isn't playing because obviously Trevor Lawrence will be back the following week, and, and I still see Clemson running the table. I see Ohio State running the table. They're going to be the top two seeds in the uh, – uh, in in the college football playoff, and Alabama will be in there probably. They'll be number three, and then it doesn't really matter who number four is. They're kind of they're not going to win anyway. So it's just going to be you know Clemson one, Ohio State two, and and Alabama three. But get back to your point. Yes, I'm I'm selling on the fact that Notre Dame defeats Clemson tonight. All right. I well real quick just the um, you know dive into why I think Notre Dame is going to win. Go for it. I, I just think I think their defense is the best it's been in in maybe the last right. decade. Um, None of the games scare you where they almost lost. They almost lost to Louisville. They almost lost to, like... Almost. Uh, but, like, it's um, Louisville. <laughs> they're not, like... I know, but their offense is, is high-powered Louisville. Their defense is not not that great. However, I know Clemson's high-powered defense or high-powered offense, but I think, you know, with Boston College last week, if they dig themselves even a bit of a hole here in South Bend, um, I think... Notre Dame has an opportunity to pounce on it, and I think if they capitalize, they're going to win this game. Um, I'm going to go Notre Dame here. I'm going to throw out a little score prediction early. I'm going to go Notre Dame 28-24. Notre Dame 28-24. Okay. Uh, see, we'll see what happens. Are we playing the old <laughs> Irish fight song? Okay. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, listen, I want a good game tonight. That's really what I want. So, um, I don't know. I, I really don't know, but... It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough matchup for for Notre Dame to, you know, keep up, um, you know, with Clemson's offensive firepower. And I know you said they got more talent than ever, and I don't necessarily disagree. It's just that I think Clemson is on a whole other level. It's just it's going hard to keep up with. But I'll ask you this too, um, since we've done the buy yourself segment, it's about Stanford, Oregon, Pac 12s back today. I don't know if anybody. I'm sure the Pac-12 games were on earlier as well. I didn't watch any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, U- uh, USC played Arizona State earlier today. USC. USC ended up winning on the last possession. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, tonight, big game, though, number 12, Oregon. Uh, the first game post Justin Herbert, who's obviously uh, a rookie of your consideration for the Chargers, taking on Stanford, who's not ranked. Um, what do you see happening there in, in, at, at tonight in Oregon? Well, uh, real quick, an, an update on that game, actually. Um, it was just announced that Stanford's starting quarterback, Davis Mills, will not play due to protocols of COVID-19. Jack West will start in his place. Um, you know, I think this Oregon team was really... These COVID restrictions for the Pac-12 are, like, crazy. Yeah, it really is. Like, yeah. I think, like, what was the game that got canceled? There was a bunch, but... Um, a bunch of them? There was multiple games that got canceled? <clears throat> yeah, there, Louisville, Virginia got canceled. Cal Washington got canceled. That was the one. Cal Washington was the one. I got Arizona, canceled. Utah, they're both Pac-12. What? Did, all right. What, what? So what happened? Was, it was protocol. Yeah, uh, protocol. So I mean, I think this Oregon team's really strong on defense, and I think they had some some top guys on the offensive end and in skilled positions last year. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think Oregon's you know by far the favorite to win the Pac-12. The very very altered, uh, unique Pac-12 this year with. The late start and then cancellations already with with two games, um, but nonetheless, I think Oregon's really a, a complete team. Even losing Herbert, um, and I think they're going to roll uh, Stanford tonight. I think it's going to be like forty-two to seventeen. I'm I'm going to say Oregon. I think they're going to get a lot. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited for Notre Dame-Clemson game, though. That's the game that mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to, and, and I just love a good high matchup. You know, Because the other one we had today was a pretty good matchup. It was it was Georgia, and it was Florida, and then Florida's beating up brakes on Georgia right now, obviously at the time of recording this, which is uh, 6 o'clock on a Saturday. But it's Florida's at 41-28 to 28 with 14 minutes left. And, see that. And it's just really, like, there's no, like, how about Cincinnati? I don't mean to interrupt, but Cincinnati. I've heard about them. Yeah, number six. They're up 38-10 to 10 on Houston. They're mm-hmm. number six. I'm sure they're going to move up. They're probably going to be number five. Uh, Notre, well, I think Notre Dame's going to drop down. So you think, yeah, Notre Dame, I mean, well, we don't know yet, but Notre Dame. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah, no, we don't know yet. But, it's, but like, <laughs> judging off what may happen, like, number five, Georgia's going to fall back. So I'm assuming Cincinnati at least goes up to five. Um, And I imagine – Let's say hypothetically speaking, Notre Dame loses, and let me would Cincinnati be number four? I, I assume they would be because they're undefeated. Who's I think number, so. Who, yeah, who's number seven? Um, seven. Uh, or seven. Oh, it's Texas A and M. See, Texas A and M is interesting because I've heard earlier in the year they they could be a team that could um you know find their way into uh, college football. Playoff. Yeah, they could. I mean, they have a really easy schedule, a really easy remaining schedule. They play South Carolina tonight. I'm sure, they'll win that game. Um, I think the only loss they have is when they played Alabama, and I, I believe they lost to them. But, yeah, I mean. A&M's always a sneaky team. They're pretty good. Though. Yeah, I mean, all right, well, I, I'll, I'll throw this question to you because. They beat Florida. I didn't know that. 41-38. Yeah, the Florida's only loss, I believe they beat them. So that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, they lost to Alabama, but they needed a big win, and they got the big win out of Florida. So, like, if they go to, they wouldn't. Auburn is, like. Their hardest game remains. See, they wouldn't play in the SEC championship, right? Because Alabama's in their division, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be Alabama and Florida. It's like Florida's in the other division, right? I think so. Yep. Okay, so theoretically, okay, so let's let's play hypothetical because I think it's obvious: Clemson, Ohio State, and Bama are going to be the three teams in the college football playoff. Just going to be one Locked team. so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is that fourth team in the college football playoff? Do we think which one has the best chance? I think. Notre Dame, depending on how they do tonight, really would solidify their their chances. If they win tonight, I think you can. I mean, obviously, barring any detrimental loss to to a lower, um, you know, to an obviously much lesser opponent. But I think if they win tonight, man, they only have um, Boston College, North Carolina, Syracuse, and Wake Forest on the on the schedule. And so. then they would play Clemson, Clemson. In, the, in the ACC. So, really... But I'm saying if they win tonight and then they win their remaining games and they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship... Oh, they'll get in. It'll go, I yeah. think they'll get in. They'll get in, yeah. So, really, all they have to do is... Win they tonight. Ju- they just can't... They just can't lose to Clemson twice. Or vice versa. Yeah, I was about to say. Or they beat them in the yeah. ACC championship game. Or, yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, if they I win just, tonight, they're probably a lock for the fourth spot for college could, football playoff. Could you see Cincinnati in, in the college football playoff? Like, I, is I that, can't see Cincinnati in the college football playoff. What about BYU? I think they're I don't see BYU in the college football playoff. I think I feel I like they, they I feel like the college football playoff, oh, they care about the ratings. Mm-hmm. They really care about ratings. I would and love I BYU, think they would bl- like they would be pissed if Cincinnati or BYU was in there. That's the thing. Like they like they they're, they're Notre Dame loses that- tonight though, and it's a whole different story. But you got to see how the Pac-12 plays out too. It's way too early. Like if every league started at the same time, then what obviously what are the teams in the Pac-12 that are really obviously there could be a, like a late coming team, but like. What are, the, what are the ranked Pac-12 teams? You see, Oregon's USC's ranked twenty, but they barely be there. Yeah, Oregon's ranked USC's twenty. USC's twenty. Is, is Oregon the highest ranked? I Pac-12 think so. Team? Yep. So they're not even that. I mean, 
do they have big enough games on there that they could theoretically find themselves? In? Are they eligible for the California Football Playoff? See, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they they could be. I think they meet the just meet the requirement for the games they need, but I don't know if there's enough big games on their schedule to get them in. But I just but Oregon is a big brand name, so I guess they would if they if they got in there undefeated, they probably push Oregon. They don't play a ranked opponent. They play Stanford, Washington State, UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, and Washington. Oregon State's ranked, I believe. Yeah, but they're like later though. Did they win yesterday or something? They won today. No, no. Oklahoma State won. No, I said Oregon. Oh, Oregon State. Oh, my fault. I think Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oregon State's not ranked, I believe. Yeah, they're not ranked. No, no. Yeah, so. There's only two teams in the Pac-12 that are ranked. Yeah, it's, it's Oregon and, and it's um, USC. USC. Yeah, I don't see them finding their way into it either. I think the best chance of it is, is it's, I think it's either going to be three of three teams. It's going to be Notre Dame. It's going to be Florida. Or it's be Texas A and M. My money is on. I don't think Notre Dame could be Clemson twice or once or once either. I really don't. You have more faith than I do. I hope you. I hope you, I'm wrong. I really do. I will glad to come in here next week and say, how <laughs> Mark, I was wrong as hell. I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, I see Texas A and M probably be the favorite because they have such. They're a, a good coach team. Yeah, and, and I like Florida. I think Florida. Florida's a good team too. Like they really. And A and M have it. They have. Ka- I like Kyle Trask. I like their tight. Their tight end. What's his name? He's really good. Great, crazy question. Do you think Indiana has any shot at the college? They're gonna be in the top ten. They're three zero. That's the thing. Like the Big Ten's like other than Ohio State, like they're just I don't. They play Ohio State. Big. This is hold up. Ohio State schedule. I don't think they are. No, because they're not in that division. I think in that division. Yeah. So they might play play in the Big Ten. Big Ten championship. So. I mean, Um, there's so much to still be determined. You know. Oh no, they do play them. They play them Saturday, uh, November twenty first. Oh, so Ohio State's going to play Maryland, and Maryland's just beat the brakes off Penn State, and that Tua's brother—I forget how to say his first name—it's so confusing. Um, <laughs> I know it's, but he's like other than the Northwestern game he started off with in the first week, like he's doing pretty good. Like he played Minnesota and did really well. He played Penn State and did really well today. Um, Michigan, Ohio State. I guess we can touch. Well. We can touch a little bit on Penn State too, because I really haven't deep dive deep into any of their games, but. Um, just disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's immensely. It, yeah, we had Steve. We had and, got, and we had Steve, and I got blessed the guy. Like he was so excited for the season, and really to see how it started, it's pretty disappointing. But good. And then they faced Indiana, Ohio State, and Indiana's gonna be in the top ten. I imagine it'll probably be like nine or nine or ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. So after beat Michigan, well, and I don't know. Let me check Indiana. Like who do they play next? Yeah, yeah, like Michigan's like Michigan's just fake every year. Dude. They're they're always fake. They're always fake. Yeah, Indiana's going to play Michigan State next week. They'll probably be Michigan State, and then they're going to play Ohio State. So, what about I, Wisconsin? Yeah, well, they got well, – they've obviously COVID's hit them very hard, and the state has already seen increases there, and, and, mm-hmm. and they've been hit so hard with cases. It's ruined the whole program. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was a shame to see because week one, that quarterback was Mertz, his name. He played really well. And, and, really well. And it's just the whole season went down the tank for them. But – well, say, I don't know. I think it's probably going to be down Indiana and Ohio State. Obviously, everybody predicted that in the beginning of the year, Indiana Ohio State. So, um, Did they? No, no. Was that, that was sarcasm. <laughs> that was sarcasm. I was like, wait, what? No. Um, that? Yeah, it was, it's just, yeah, it's just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, we'll touch a little bit on Penn State, too. I, w- I want to get on that because I watched the opening week game against Indiana. That was immensely disappointing just to see 
that they they were playing hardball all day, and then they come back late with a huge touchdown for Dotson. Um, and it looks like they have the game in the bag with two sacks from Shaka Tony. But um, the Indiana persevered. They come down to get a touchdown, two-point conversion. They come into overtime, and they and the last play goes down in overtime, two-point conversion. I don't personally – it's we can Monday quarterback. Personally speaking, he was not into the end he zone. He was not in. He was short. He was not in. Uh, Penn State can, fans can argue that too. Um, I'll I'll just put a cap on it. He was not in. Yeah, he was not in the end zone. And it's a shame that they didn't have a goal line cam or something like that to to confirm it. But I mean, they did, but it wasn't a great goal line cam. I feel like if you had another like another straight on shot of it, that would have been clarified for them. But um, yeah, it was a tough loss, obviously. And 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 after that loss, it was probably all the hope of possibly going and, and facing Ohio State and beating them was out the window too. And 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 obviously, just Justin Fields and Ohio State team are so dominant. So I wasn't surprised to see how, you know, the Penn State hung in there for a little bit, and 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 they were, you know, they didn't get blown out. Obviously, just Justin Fields is just too talented on third down. He diced them, the whole defense. And 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 I was hoping today, you know, bet today would be a backup or a, you know, a, a comeback victory, something to establish their season to save their season. And today they're just getting. The brakes knocked off of him by Maryland, and it's just it's rock bottom right now for Nittany Lions and in, in Happy Valley. So I don't know what this means for the program. I don't know what this means for James Franklin going forward. But this year is a whole scratch, and they're gonna have to do a lot of soul searching when this year is done. Yeah, and I thought Steve made an interesting point when he came on the show. He said, you, you know, you can't let a game beat you twice, and I think this is a prime example of of a game beating him twice. I mean. Not that Maryland isn't a capable opponent. I mean, we saw that last week when they played Minnesota. Uh, they obviously came back in dramatic fashion, ended up winning that game when the you know the spread was obviously way against them. I think it was close to twenty points. But you know, basically the point here is is you know, Nitty Lines had a great shot to come in. I believe they were home today. Correct, they're home. Oh, Indiana. No, Nittany Lines. Yeah, they're home. Yeah, they're home. Come out, rebound here against a, a weaker opponent, obviously, than Ohio State. Um, and, and they got their butts kicked. So it is very disappointing. Um, you know, I think with the with the opt-out by Parsons, the, you know, undisclosed medical condition, I don't know if that got released yet by Journey Brown, and, and just a few other dominoes falling, it felt like, you know, one thing after another led to just a, a very disappointing season. Um, and, and the last thing I will touch on is I do like Sean Clifford, but again, I know when we were I talking, <laughs> I, I think he worked, I think he has good intentions. Um, but sometimes the decision-making is just, it's just awful. And what? No, here's the biggest problem with Sean Clifford. And if you watch him play, it's so obvious because you only have to be a football genius. Like I'm not a football genius, but like whenever he faces any type of pressure in the pocket, mm-hmm. he immediately just puts his head down and starts running. Like. He's obviously not a quarterback in the next level. That's a given. But like, even at the college level, like you got to like stay in the pocket and fire the football downfield and use your arm. Like I know that he's athletic. He has a lot of running ability and he can you know move and and stuff like that. But you know, Justin Fields isn't a top prospect because he's super athletic. Like he can throw the football and he throws the football downfield and he makes plays with his arm. Like I'm not and I'm not comparing him to Justin Fields, obviously, but like it's not all just about running. Like you got to be able to throw the football, and that's been the biggest problem with this offense. I know that he's been hindered with not having all his running backs there with Journey Brown and and um and wow, what's his name? Why does he slip my mind? Not Ford, but uh, Noah Kane, and he got hurt too, obviously in Week One against Indiana. But it's just you know 
like Dotson's a really good player. Dotson's sick. He's a great player, and and I don't know if he's going to leave. Obviously, for the draft, I we'll see. I mean, his stock's probably going up. But that catch he made against Ohio State. Yeah, like he was the only one that showed up. I mean, like and and Dots and not Dots. Parker Washington's a nice young freshman they can build around going mm-hmm. forward at the wide receiver position. But it's just been abysmal to watch on offense and their defense. Who I thought they'd be a lot better this year has been really bad. And and the clock's winding down here. Looks like Maryland's going to walk out with it. Right now, as it stands, it's a twenty-two point lead, so a twenty-two point win. So it's, yeah, and and last thing I just wanted to touch on yeah, with with Clifford was like you said, he just didn't look like he was capable of making plays, and they were in a bit of striking distance late in that game against Ohio State, and then he just threw that deadly pick that just ended the game and and suffocated all chances of coming back, but. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he has good intentions of, of like you said, kind of trying to use that athleticism to convert um, and in some cases where he has nothing into something, but it can get him into trouble and has got him into trouble, um, and, and it shows. And, Connor, if you don't mind real quick, what was his uh, stat line today? What, Sean, Sean Clifford? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't look, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, pull it up right now. Let's see. I mean, I know that – God, I don't want to watch it. Uh, box score. They're on fourth and goal right now. They're on fourth and goal. All right. Well, here's Penn State. Penn State's. Yeah, this is the big. Okay, he's passed for 340 yards today, but he's thrown the balls 57 times and had made 27 completions. He has oh, three through Toddy. Oh, Sean Clifford. But Parker Washington. But go on, sorry. I mean, you know. Here's the biggest problem. His completion percentage is 47.4 percent. That is highly inaccurate. He has three touchdowns on a day, just threw one. Obviously, for Alice has two interceptions, though. He's a turnover machine. Um, just obviously, let's see. Um, Devin Ford on the ground, he had nine attempts for 36 yards. Sean Clifford had 17 attempts for 26 yards, a 1.5 average. John Dotson, he showed up today, nine receptions for 123 yards. Pat Fire moved, he had a good day, six receptions for 91 yards. Park Washington, obviously, had a good day, eight receptions, 70 yards, two touchdowns. So it's just, it's you know not a good day. But obviously, Tagovailoa, we got box score here. He had a pretty good day though. So Maryland he had eight eight attempts, twenty six complete or eight completions, twenty six attempts for sixty nine completion percentage, two hundred eighty two yards and three touchdowns. So he had a really good day, but one hundred and ninety eight point four quarterback rating. So it's I don't know. I just they could have used him. I mean, dang, I I know he looked bad in his first game, but he's a five star recruit quarterback, and you know, it's just, his brother. Yeah, he's a five star. So he went to Alabama. He just couldn't get on the field ahead of Mac Jones. So yeah. So I guess that's all we talked about. It's not a lot of optimism with Penn State. So maybe next year. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But to wrap it up, and yeah, Connor Scott Clemson. I got Notre Dame. What's the final score? It's going to be a heck of a game. I said twenty eight twenty four. Twenty eight twenty four. I'm going to go thirty five to twenty one. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Clemson's just too good. They have too much Jeez. talent. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope I, I, I hope we can do a Connor a Connor's wrong segment. When we, come, <laughs> <laughs> when we come in here next week. Over so. four on the buy or sell. Over four. So on you buyer. bought. Just to recap, you bought. Um, you know. bought the spread against Washington. I said the Washington. Win. You bought Tom Brady throwing more passes than Drew Brees. Yeah. You bought. Um, I'm going blank here. I know. I'm this is blank bad. Too. And that's a thing. This is really bad. Hold on one second, folks. I'm pulling it up. You bought. <laughs> I feel like if I keep saying you, you bought. Oh, uh, you bought that. Uh, the Dolphins are auditioning to, uh, and then you sold that Notre Dame will pull off the upset. So yes, there it is. Yes. 
Hold Connor accountable. Yeah. And we will next week. Hold me accountable. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? I mean, really, um, we don't really – hopefully by next week we have somebody else on the show too. You know, I don't know who it's going to be right now as we're still trying to figure everything out. But hopefully uh, – it's been a busy week, obviously, out, in and outside of sports. But, um, yeah, really, uh, it's <laughs> – it's um, yeah, hopefully, you know, next week we'll dive more into – Eagles Giants, big game, big bye week. Hopefully the Eagles are ready to go off the bye week. Uh still gonna be interesting to see, you know, rest of the NFC East this week. I know I saw earlier in today, I I don't want to wrap up soon, but I saw Ezekiel Elliott may not go for Dallas either. So it may just be yeah, he has a hamstring issue, so it may be <laughs> I know you, you you think that may not be accurate, but um we'll see. I know Dallas is entering a, a game against a really good Steeler team and Tony see Pollard. I, yeah, big fantasy waiver wire for everyone. I know, I know. We'll see what <laughs> happens, later. but yeah, I, I love that Pittsburgh's defense this week. But we'll see what happens. But uh, anything else you want to wrap up? Or are you good to go? All right. Well, uh, well, next week we'll we'll talk to you guys. But from Mark Rogers and Gotten Gabe, you guys listening to the Connor Mark Show, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Let's go today.